but I do want to get to my notes. We're in the middle of a series called With Us. This is our Advent series, and the word Advent, you don't hear it a lot outside of churches in Christmas time, but the word Advent simply means His appearing. They talked about the first advent of Jesus was when he came in Bethlehem, when his birth was announced to the shepherds and the angels appeared. That was the advent of Jesus, his appearing. How many of you know that we should be expecting his appearing every day in our lives? It it was more than just a one-time event. If it was a one-time event, it still would have been glorious. It still would have been awesome. It would have changed things forever. But it wasn't just a one-time event. He continues to manifest himself, his character, his nature, and his deeds in us. Because he lives with us. He is Emmanuel, as we sang this morning. Emmanuel means God with us. And when God shows up, all the stuff that is his comes with him. And that's why last week we were able to talk about we have hope with us because of his presence in our lives. And this week I want to talk about we have peace with us. And when he comes, he is the Prince of Peace. He comes and he brings his stuff with him. We get the whole package. When Jesus lives in us, everything that goes along with Jesus comes and manifests itself in our lives. So we have peace with us. It's very important to talk about peace. Mentioned 92 times in the New Testament in every book except for 1 John. I thought that was amazing uh, that they talk about peace being with you. And they greet each other. Peace go with you. How many of you grew up in a context of a denominational church where uh, the, the going out the door, the reverend, and said, peace to you, and everybody said, and also with you. You guys have done that. You know what I'm talking about. It, it's important because that was what was modeled for them. There was a greeting, even in the early church. It wasn't just dead words. They were pronouncing a blessing over one another. May the peace of God manifest itself in your life. May it go with you everywhere that you go. It wasn't just, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. See you later. It was. It meant something. It had words. It had depth. It had substance. It was real when they said it. And it's still real today. I just got back where we were in Rwanda. I just got back from a country that an entire nation was robbed of its peace. How many of you remember the, the genocide that happened in 1994? Or maybe you've seen the movie Hotel Rwanda. Uh, even that movie didn't do justice to what actually happened on the ground there. The entire nation had their peace robbed in a moment. They, they had a million people were killed in the space of 90 days. That's not just an accident or, hey, we're trying to oppress people a little bit. That is a planned onslaught of the enemy to kill, to take that much life in that short of a period of time. And how they got out of it is they finally... After most of the, if you read the history, most of the world ignored what was going on. The other nations turned a blind eye. They were letting people be slaughtered. And after the genocide happened, a person came to power that brought peace to the land. He said, we're going to end this conflict. We're going to stop dividing ourselves along different tribal lines or ethnic lines. How many of you know that is the plan of the enemy to try to divide people and draw lines between us and build walls between us? There finally came to power a person that said, we're not going to do that anymore. We are Rwandans. And if that statement, we are Rwandans, we're not going to look at the differences, we're not going to look at the things that divide us and cause us to separate, we're going to look at what unites us. If that statement in and of itself changed people's hearts and minds and started to bring healing, you know, obviously there's still a lot more healing that needs to happen. But if it started the process of bringing healings just by looking at what unites us, how much more if we understand we are Christians? 
How much more could we accomplish in the earth if we stop looking at the things that divide us and, and the denominational name that's over your door and the one that's over your door and we start looking at Jesus unites us. How much more could we accomplish in the world when we come together and say we are Christians? I believe God wants to do that in this day and this hour. He wants to unite his body and see his will carried out in the earth. And so the, the ruler came to power in Rwanda and he literally brought peace and said, we are going to make peace happen. We're going to end this conflict. We're going to drive people out. And peace, when it comes, as Christians, when peace comes, it is more than just the absence of conflict. There, there was a very real aspect of they stopped killing people. They ended the conflict. They ended the war. But peace goes deeper than there just being no more conflict, than there just being no more strife. How many of you know you can be in a room by yourself with no one to argue with you and still not have peace? Have you ever experienced that? Sometimes we think, man, you know, Pam and I, were, we're having an intense fellowship. We're having a, an intense conversation. And sometimes if you're not careful, you think, wow, if she just wasn't here, everything would be at peace. I'd be okay. I'd have some peace in my life. I mean, you know, she could leave the room and there's still no peace. And that's where a lot of the world finds themselves. Even if there was nobody else around, when they sit and they look inside themselves and they think about what's going on, there's no peace. The biblical concept of peace is something that happens on the inside. Maybe you've heard the Hebrew word shalom. They greet each other with it and all these things. It means more than just peace. It carries the connotation of you have something in your soul that gives you rest. There, there is something inside of you that your soul begins to prosper, that the outside world, no matter what's going on, can't shake what's happening on the inside. That is the biblical and the Christian worldview of peace. True, unshakable peace is a foreign concept to people that don't know Jesus. They may have temporary peace. They may have calmness in their circumstances for an amount of time. But unless they really know Jesus, they've never experienced what it means to be at peace. And that's part of what we carry to us as Christians. It should be something that we have, that we own, that we experience every day in our lives. It's inside and it doesn't matter what's going on around you outside. You can have peace in your heart, in your soul. Jesus, the Prince of Peace himself, brought peace into this world through his advent. When he came, when he appeared, peace came with him. When the angels appeared to announce the birth to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. It brings glory to God to release salvation and wholeness and prosperity and peace. Shalom. When shalom is released to people, when the peace of God comes, it gives him glory. And it says, peace to men upon whom his favor rests. If you are human, how many humans we got in the room this morning? I'm watching to make sure all the hands go up this time. And if you didn't raise your hand, we, we got problems. If you are human... His favor is upon you. And Jesus came to release peace to us. And all that we need to do to enter into that is to receive from him. He is the glory of God manifested and he brought peace with him and released it into earth. And it honors him to do that. It gives him glory when Jesus came and released peace to mankind. There's a couple important things to look at peace in scripture to observe about it. The first thing that's important about peace is you can create it. 
If you are lacking it in a situation, you have the ability from God to create peace in any given situation. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Peacemakers. How many of you know we are called to be peacemakers? When he's saying that, blessed are these people and blessed are these people, blessed are the peacemakers, he's talking about the stuff we are supposed to do. When it says blessed are the peacemakers, literally the makers, the promoters and the maintainers of peace will be blessed. You will be happy. You will be prosperous in your soul. Being peacemakers affirms our identity as children of God. It says blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God. When we are actively interested in promoting and making and maintaining peace and spreading it in every situation, it actually affirms our identity and lets the world see that we belong to Him. That's an amazing thing. You've been wanting to be a witness to your neighbors. You've been wanting to to let people at work know that you're a Christian. You want people at the store to know that Jesus lives in you. Start by being a peacemaker. And suddenly it's like, oh, they realize there's something different about us. It affirms our identity that we are children of God. The other thing about peace, you can create it, you can also give it away. In John chapter 14, when Jesus was speaking with his disciples, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The way the world gives peace is just external. Hey, I'll make that problem go away temporarily. I can fix your situation. But Jesus gives us a different kind of peace that starts on the inside and no one can take it away. It is supernatural and it comes from Jesus to us. You actually, the peace that we have, that we make, that we promote, that we establish, that we carry out into the world, the peace that we have actually came from him in the first place. It was supernaturally imparted to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, my peace I give to you. And when we receive that, it does something to calm our hearts. It chases away fear. It chases away anxiety. So I says, do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. You've got my peace. You can handle it. I used to, I used to think about that verse and, and I would picture Jesus up in heaven looking around for his peace. What did I do with it? Where's dad? You seen my peace? Like, oh, that's right, I gave it to the disciples. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? A kingdom principle is what you give away actually increases in your life. Jesus didn't become less of the Prince of Peace because he said, I'm going to give my peace to you. It actually increased because now it flows in his body to the entire world. Wherever we go, the peace that Jesus physically carried with him on the earth when he walked around now goes into every situation that we go into because he gave it to us. Thank you, Jesus. This is like the best deal ever. The, the, the Christian life is the package deal that beat every other deal you could ever imagine. Jesus Christ himself gave us his peace. And it calms our hearts. It chases away fear. And he gave it to us because he modeled what he wants us to do with it. He wants us to turn around and give it to others. And when we do that, we see it increase in our life. It comes even more. When we sow it, we reap it. If you need peace in your life, one thing you can do is look for situations to be a peacemaker and start giving it away. Sometimes we limit ourselves. We sit there and we think, well, how could I possibly minister to anybody else? I don't have any peace in my own life. Things aren't going that great right here. I'm worried. I'm fretting. I'm anxious. Well, if you want to see peace in your life, look for some other situation to start being a peacemaker. 
and then expect that God will actually perform what he says in his word, that as we sow into somebody else's life, we'll begin to reap a harvest of peace in our own life. We need to sow peace in our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools. Some of us don't need to look any further than social media to look for a place to sow peace. Come on. I I thought about this as I was preparing for the message this week. Uh, This actually came into my head. Bringing light into a confrontation with darkness changes things. But being confrontational about it doesn't do any good. Do you see the difference? We are called to be people that bring light into a confrontation with darkness and see darkness destroyed, see it lose. But when we are confrontational, when we come in with the wrong attitude, it doesn't do any good for anybody. If you are a peacemaker, being confrontational shouldn't be in your vocabulary. It shouldn't be in your nature. As I was thinking about that, you know, before you hit the button, before you post something, before you hit send, you know, is it, is it helpful? Is it kind? Is it, is it building someone up or is it sowing division? Is it just trying to push somebody's buttons with what I'm posting? Come on. Little practical things we can do to be peacemakers that we forget sometimes. But the more we do it, the more we see peace begin to flow in our lives. It's hard to give something away that we don't have. We just need, sometimes we just need to start small, start doing it wherever we can, and it could be as simple as, you know what, I'm not going to post that, I'm going to say something kind instead. Amen, Pastor Chris. We need that word in our society today. Come on, Jesus was able to give his peace away because he had it in spades. He was able to stand up to the storm in the middle of the boat and say, peace be still. Why was he able to do that? Because he had peace inside of him. He carried it inside of him to such a degree that he was able to release it into the world around him. He was able to say, be anxious for nothing. How many of you ever read that verse and thought, Jesus, how could you make that a command in the Bible? There's no way you can do that. How could Jesus possibly say, don't be worried about anything? He could say that because he knew, I just gave you my peace. I left it with you. You have what it takes inside of you because I put it there to not be anxious for anything, to not be worried about any situation in your life. Jesus is amazing. He gives you commands that he needs you to do. He orders you to do them. But then he gives you the ability to actually do them. Don't be anxious about anything. And he turns around and says, I'm going to give you my peace to make that happen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So how do we make sure we're walking in peace? The first thing I want you to know, maybe this will help you because it helps me. We don't get it right every time. Can I get an amen in the house? How many of you know that? Through first-hand personal experience, we don't get it right every time. We lose our cool. We worry. We forget that we've been given peace from Jesus. All these things, we blow it sometimes. What do we do when we blow it? Not if we're going to blow it. When, when we blow it. We'll know that you're not alone. I think that's one of the biggest lies that the enemy tries to perpetrate on people. You're the only one that's ever failed that way. You should be ashamed. You shouldn't even go show your, place, your face in that church again because of the way you failed. I mean, you know, we, we're all in the same boat. If we don't get it right every time, you're not the only one that's ever blown it and lost your peace in a situation. Some of us, we may need to be humble. We may need to go back to somebody and apologize. There, there may be a place in our lives where we need to go make it right with someone. Take that step and do that this week. We may need to repent. Repent means change your mind. We need to break our agreement with worry and come into agreement with the word of God that says we've been given his peace. 
know that there are things that we can do to make peace in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about the last couple minutes we have together. There are some things that we actually have control over in our lives that we can do to make peace happen, to be peacemakers in our lives. The first thing that we actually have control over is our expectations. How we manage our expectations when reality doesn't match what we've expected to have happen. How many of you know your peace starts to go out the window? Man, this isn't like I thought it was going to be. Now I'm worried. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm upset about it. Our peace begins to leave when those realities don't match our expectations. And I'm not saying run around with with having no expectations in any situation. I'm not saying that because then you'll just go like a leaf down the stream. You'll be carried along by life. I'm not saying have any have no expectations. I'm just saying manage them well. Expect things to happen that are reality. Don't expect something that you know, hey, in a million years, that would never work out that way. Just realize that Jesus is the only one that never disappoints. I don't know about you, but every time I've ever had expectations in a human being besides Jesus, to some degree I get disappointed. To some degree I start losing my my peace a little bit. To some degree I start fretting or worrying or getting upset. We just need to get back to a place where I know that I know my expectations are in him because he never disappoints. Putting our expectations in Jesus brings us peace because he's got us. He's got our back. He's got our lives. We're right in the palm of his hand. Psalm 91. Go back, read Psalm 91 later. He's, he's got us. He's protecting us. He's watching over us. Psalm 91 two says, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. How many of you know that is a scripture that will bring peace to you when you know the king of the universe is my refuge and my fortress and in him I can trust? We have to get back to knowing he is the one that we can have our expectations in. We can have peace no matter what's going on around us because I'm his and he can be trusted. So we can manage our expectations. Another thing I think is very practical this morning is we can manage our schedules. How many have ever lost your peace in a situation because you didn't leave enough time in your schedule for things to happen? Yeah, I hear one. Yeah, this this manifests in my life. When we're late and I'm the one driving in the car. Come on, I'm just being honest with everybody right now. And, and Pam will look at me and she'll be like white knuckling the seat. Like, Chris, take it easy. You know, why did that happen? Why am I losing my peace? Come on, I know I'm not the only one that's lost my peace behind the steering wheel of a car. Why did I lose my peace? Because I didn't manage my schedule well. It's, it's very simple. If I would have left five minutes earlier, I wouldn't be so upset that this guy was driving five miles an hour down the road. That on, I, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. And we do it all the time, though. Why do, we, why do we not leave enough margin in our schedules for the things that we really need in our lives? To just have some time to sit and reflect, some time to pray, some time to spend on the things that are important. You don't have to fill every minute of every day with something. We need to manage our schedules well so that the peace can flow into those areas of our lives. Ouch. <laughs> We want peace. Leave earlier to get places. Leave some margin in your schedule. Leave some room in life. Make time for him and others. We can manage our expectations. We can manage our schedules. This is a big one. If you want to see more peace in your life, there's something very practical you can do. You can manage your budget. 
Oh my gosh, this is like stepping all over my own toes this morning. Money is the number one thing that robs peace for most people. And especially if you have a spouse in the equation, that is the number one cause of divorce that's listed on every survey. Fighting about money. Money robbing people's peace in their homes. Because we haven't handled our budget and our money well. We'll talk more about money in January, but right now I just want to say when money dominates us, it's hard to have peace. How many of you have ever worried about money at any point in life? Come on. You look all over the room. 100% of the hands went up. More hands went up for that than when I asked who's a human in the room. (laughs) Come on. If that's not an indicator of something that is very real and hits home for everybody, you couldn't raise your hand when I said, are you a human being? But if I say you've ever worried about money, every hand in the room goes up. Come on. I guess even non-humans worry about money. It's, It's universal. There's something that really plagues us when we let money dominate us. It causes our peace to go. It causes us to worry. It causes us to be afraid. How, come on, debt will take your peace faster than anything else. Because now it's hanging over my head and I'm worried about it. What if I lose my job? I'm never going to be able to pay that bill. They're going to come take our car. They're going to come take our home. If we don't manage our budget well, if we don't tell our money what to do instead of it telling us what to do, then we lose our peace. Maybe if you want some peace in our lives, maybe we need to tell our money to do something different than what it's been doing right now. We may need to realign our priorities. Not just because I've been to Africa, but I know for a fact we don't need 300 channels and unlimited data and everybody driving a new car. Pastor Chris, I thought you were a prosperity preacher. (laughs) Come on, we get things so out of whack. Yes, God wants you to prosper in your life. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But He wants you to be wise with what He's placed in your hands. He wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to have, be, have the ability to interact with money without it robbing our peace from us. And sometimes it may start by, man, I need to make a budget. I need to get out of debt. I need to get rid of some of these things that are causing my peace to be robbed from me. If you have a spouse, you need to be in unity with your spouse about what's going on with the money in your house. Unity doesn't always mean 100% agreement, but we are walking together in this and we've talked about it. and We understand what's going on with the budget in our house so that it doesn't master us. Amen. Move on from that, Pastor Chris. Tell us some good news this morning. <laughs> I mean, our expectations, our schedule, our budget, what it really boils down to is we have the ability to, to be peacemakers by managing ourselves. Come on, the Holy Spirit, one of the fruit that the Holy Spirit is developing in our lives is self-control. Any man? Has, has anybody ever read that verse in Galatians? It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say he's manifesting Pam control in my life. It doesn't say he's manifesting Ross control in me. Like, I don't get to tell other people what to do, but I definitely have the ability to manage myself because that's what the Holy Spirit's developing in me. He's giving me the fruit of self-control. Romans twelve sixteen says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with... Everyone, man, don't you wish he would have written something else in that verse? Like, live at peace with your family. 
Live at peace with other Christians. Come on, that would be hard enough to start right there. Live at peace with other people that call Jesus their Lord. That, sometimes we don't even get that right. But he didn't stop there. He said, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Oh my gosh, are you telling me that I'm responsible for having peace in all these relationships with everybody I know? Yes. I'm telling you that because that's what the Bible said. Surely Paul didn't. He didn't have a way to look down through history and see Republicans and Democrats. Like, surely he would have, wouldn't have meant that situation. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Liberals and conservatives. Saved and unsaved people. Straight people and gay people. He says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Because when we are peacemakers in all of those situations and with every one of those relationships, we are called the sons of God. It is a witness to the world when we have the ability to live at peace with even those who disagree with us and who are different than us and who, in the natural, come on, the world would think, I would never invite that person to my house. I can't, I can't stand being around them. We don't have anything in common. When, but when Jesus comes into the equation... Man, I can live at peace with them because he lives in me. It's not always easy, but it's what he wants for us and he gives us the ability to do it if we let him. If somebody somebody else dictates whether or not you have peace in your life, then they've taken the place of Jesus. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Because Jesus commanded... Don't be worried about anything. Have peace. I'm giving you my peace. And if somebody else can cause you to violate what he's asked you to do, they've taken his place in your life. And I don't know about you, but I signed up to call Jesus my Lord and not let anybody else have that place in my life. And if the boss tells me, as far as it concerns you, live at peace with everybody, then that's what I'm going to do. Or that's what I'm going to try to do. Because I already established, we don't get it right every time. I would love to say, man, I've got that one aced, but I'm still working on that one. We need to turn the other cheek. We need to forgive. We need to seek to understand. We need to listen to people. Those are all ways that we can live in peace and be peacemakers with people. Remember that other people aren't our enemy. Who, who does Scripture say the enemy is? Is it flesh and blood or is it spiritual powers and authorities? If they've got flesh and blood, apparently we've already established that may not be true in this room because I said, who's a human? And half of you didn't raise your hand. If if they have flesh and blood, they're not your enemy. The devil is the enemy. He may manipulate people. He may cause them to say stupid, ignorant things to you. But they are not the real enemy. And we need to pursue peace and live at peace with everyone. Well, that's awesome. Those are things that we control, that we can work on to have peace. But what about times, have you ever experienced when things are out of your control? They're stealing your peace and you can't do a thing about them? Maybe you've had something come into your life. Maybe somebody got sick or ill or a bill came unexpectedly or something happened that it was just unexpected out of the blue. I had no control over that and it's robbing my peace. What do I do in that minute? This, this may sound a little cliche to you. This may be a little old-fashioned. I don't know where, but in those moments, we need to focus on Jesus. I'm sorry if that's too simple. It's too cliched. It's the church answer. I don't know, but that's what works every single time. 
We need to find him. And Jesus, this storm's going on around me. Where are you in the middle of this storm? I need to find you and get back to where I need to be. My focus needs to come back to him. Hebrews 12.2 says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's where our eyes need to be, not on what's going on around us, but on him. Because he's the one that gives us peace. He is the source of our peace. I loved what I loved what Lydia said in the video this morning. Of Man, I'm having anxiety attacks. And in the middle of the shortness of breath, in the middle of this worry and this, this anxiety coming against me, I started to worship. It went away. Like, like Jesus came and brought his peace and the other stuff left. It's, it is not, I'd love to tell you this as a pastor, I would love to be this shining example of the Christian walk. I would love to tell you that worshiping when things get tough is my first response, but it's not, (laughs) but it should be. We, we should get to a point where it's like, man, this stuff is coming against me. It's a storm. It's robbing my peace and I need to get back to you, Jesus. God, you are good when there's nothing good in me. I'm running to your arms. When everything else around me is going to pot, going to hell in a handbasket, where is the one that brings heaven with him? And that happens when we begin to take our eyes off the stuff going on around us and get back to focusing on him. Biblical peace comes from the fact that he really did save us. He endured the cross and scorned its shame, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Why did he do that for us? So that we would not have to worry, that we would not have to be in fear about any situation in our lives, but that we could have his peace. And when you know that you know you've got his peace in your heart, when he is, you have been reconciled to the Father through what Jesus did on the cross, nothing can shake that. Nothing can take that away. What I want us to do this morning, when you came in, everybody had a sheet of paper on, on your seat. If you've got that sheet of paper with you, I would like you to write down something in your life where you've been struggling to find peace. Maybe it's a, a situation, something that's come up. Maybe it's, it's something with your finances. Maybe it's something with relationships. Maybe it's something on the job. Whatever that may be where you've been struggling. Man, this, this is coming against me and I've been worried about it. I've been fretting. I've been anxious. I've been, I've been frustrated or angry about it. That's what I want you to write on that paper this morning. Then I'm going to tell you what to do with that paper in just a second. I can tell there's some people they're thinking about where's where's their lack of peace in my life, and other people just start writing right away. Like you, some of us could write a book on the things that are trying to rob our peace right now. But it's okay. I'm, I'm here to tell you He's with you. He wants to remind you this morning that He's given you His peace. Jesus. Well, I know there's still some people writing, but if you can multitask, I'm going to give you some other directions, even while you're still writing. I'll, I'll make more space, more time. You can write. You don't have to run out the door. Uh, but the, the first thing that happens is we need to believe that peace is available for us in those situations. We need to have faith that peace is ours. We need to believe. How does faith come into our lives? It comes by hearing. 
How does hearing come into our lives through the Word of God? So this morning, uh, there are some different signs all around the room. And uh, some of them say you've been worried or your peace has been robbed by your past or your future or your finances or what's going on at school. There's a couple places in the back along the wall. At each one of those stations, there's a little cup filled with some cards that have scriptures about peace printed on them. And in a second here, when I dismiss you, what I'm wanting every one of us to do this morning is take our paper, whatever we've written, whatever situation has been trying to rob our peace, we're going to go exchange it this morning. I want us to find whatever, whatever situation it is that you've been worried about. Take your paper over to that sign and leave it on the floor and take the word of God with you. Take some of those scripture cards. Put them on your mirror at home in the bathroom. Put them, carry it in the card with you. Put it, put it in your wallet. Every time you need to pay for something, if you've been worried about finances, put that card about peace in your wallet to remind you that he has given you peace. That it, you don't have to be robbed from by your finances. Exchange your worries, your cares, your frustrations for the promises of God this morning, for the peace of God coming into our lives. And every time this week that you're tempted to worry about what you've written down on that paper, I want you to pull out and just begin to confess the word over your situation. Begin to confess, I have the peace of God in every situation because he gave it to me. And as, as we dismiss, you can go to those signs. If you want somebody to physically pray with you about that situation, about what's going on, stay in that general vicinity. We're going to have some people from the ministry team go around the room. And someone will come and pray with you just to, just to stand with you. Sometimes it really does just take a face-to-face person with skin on standing beside us to let us know, I'm with you. I'm going to pray and believe with you, and it's going to be okay. Let's go ahead and stand together. Jesus, we thank you for your life that lives in us. It flows in us. The work that you did on the cross was amazing. But you didn't stop with dying. You rose up out of the grave and turned around and gave us your life and everything that goes with it. God, we thank you this morning for peace that you have released into the world. That your favor is upon mankind and you released your peace to us. God, we are thankful for that. We receive it in our lives. We confess it over our lives. Even in the areas where we haven't been feeling it, we haven't seen it, we thank you that your promises and the peace that you've given us, they are more sure, they are more real than anything we could feel, taste, touch, or experience in our lives. I ask that you would make that real for each one of us in this room this morning, that we would have a knowing down inside of our heart, in our very soul, Lord God, that we would know that we have peace, that nothing can shake it, nothing can take it away. No matter the storms of life that come, no matter what people say to us, what goes on around us, we have peace from Jesus that cannot be shaken. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we honor you this morning. We thank you for this time together with each other and with you. God, I ask that even as as we go from this place today, we would go knowing that you are right there with us, that you walk every step of the way, that your atmosphere, the very atmosphere of heaven that contains that peace goes with us wherever we go. We love you. We honor you. We give you glory this morning. And we thank you for who you are and all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, if you need to take some time to write additional things, you can do that. But I just encourage you, whatever you've been 
fretting or worried about, find a sign that goes with it and take your worries, leave them there and take some scripture cards with you. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. I love you. And it was great to be back and see all of you this morning.